0: Oh, hi. Didn't even see you there. Welcome to the Food and Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm here with my friend, Jeremy.
1: This is the podcast where we examine the intersection between food and movies. We watch a lot of movies, and we talk about the food and the cuisine throughout.
0: So, Jer, how's your week going so far?
1: Oh, fantastic. Just great. Yeah. Okay, that... for those
0: who don't know, Jeremy was planning a trip to France and very irresponsibly got COVID. Yeah. Canceled the whole trip. Wife nearly divorced him, he almost died, and now we're doing a podcast.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: You're not a fan of hyperbole? What's wrong with you?
1: Uh, uh, You know, Uh, my wife wife is still with me, and uh, it was like a pretty bad cold I'll put it that way. Uh, But I wouldn't recommend getting COVID to, you know, anyone.
0: All right, tough guy, Jer. What is the movie that we're reviewing and breaking down this week?
1: Uh, This one is one that I think you and I have been talking about for, since we kind of had the idea to do this podcast, uh, mainly because of the, there's kind of one big food scene within it that we both really love. Uh, it is Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese,
0: Martin Scorsese, the goat, one of the goats, if not the goat,
1: one of the goats, one of the goats, for sure. You're
0: going one of the goats. Okay.
1: Of, Of mob movies or of movies in general?
0: Movies in general.
1: Yeah, I would actually say one of the goats of both because I Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure that he makes who if not
0: if not Scorsese who is the goat of mob movies. Uh, I think it might be Scorsese.
1: Yeah, no, it's got. Yeah, I'd say he's has to be. He's the goat of mob movies. uh, One of the goats of general film movies. uh, Yeah, general movies. Okay, let's Um, talk
0: about Scorsese's goatness. Goat of mob movies. That's one. Neck and neck with Wood. No. He's not the go of New York movies. Woody Allen's the go of New York movies. Yeah, we, is that that's fair, that's, right? Yeah, yeah. But Scorsese is number two behind Woody Allen. I feel like New, York, New York movies. Goes. Yeah. Who yeah. direct
1: Who directed Made in Manhattan?
0: <laughs> Was it me? Did I do it? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> Woody Allen, you yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. Ah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: okay. All right. I'll take it, man. I'll I, I'll take second place to Woody Allen, or I'll, between Woody Allen, if I want to be the meat in the sandwich of Woody Allen and Scorsese. Hey,
1: that's a quite a nice sandwich.
0: Call me baloney, bro.
1: You're learning something about film in that sandwich.
0: Um, oh man.
1: But mob movies. Uh, what? Let's let's quickly. I, I you know this is off the cuff here, but yeah. What's what your top? Give me your top. Th- five or top three depending on your top five let's see
0: mob movies yeah wow godfather
1: okay That'd that be number one that's the the, the, the goat
0: godfather part two is number two wow no wait no sorry sorry godfather part two is number one godfather is number two
1: okay so you like two more than one
0: yeah two was two, two just a it was a better technical movie it was yeah.
1: cool it was a great movie yeah
0: Oh, phenomenal. Um, Then we got to go... I think we got to go Goodfellas. Casino after that, I believe. What other mob movies are there? Oh, uh, Miller's Crossing.
1: Miller's Crossing. Sorry,
0: Miller's Crossing is before Goodfellas. So after Godfather 2, Miller's Crossing, then Goodfellas. Then... Casino. Casino. I think so. I think that's the list. I think that's my list. What what what's yours?
1: So, Godfather. If not that. Godfather 2, I completely agree with you. Uh better just the best of the three. Um Donnie Brasco.
0: Deep hipster cut. Nice. Do- Donnie yeah. Brasco yeah. is
1: is a great mob movie. It's also yes. it's also a bit of a cop movie, but it's more a mob movie. Yeah. Um then I would go Goodfellas. Respect? Uh, Or sorry, Godfather, Goodfellas, Casino.
0: Casino, okay. Yeah.
1: And it's weird because Casino and Goodfellas, uh, I like Goodfellas more. I've always liked Goodfellas more, but there are scenes in Casino that I love. Like Pesci, spoiler alert, Pesci getting whacked in that cornfield in... In a casino is just one of the hardest to watch scenes in film history for me, but also just like one, you know, like those scenes where you just like you're like, oh,
0: oh, you never negative. forget them. You, they traumatize you a little bit because yeah. you think about them every night. You get a flashback every now and then, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. When he gets when he gets the baseball bats, oh, oh, that that's that has stood with me all this all these years, actually, yeah. yeah.
1: It's a rough it's a rough uh it's a rough film. But, but I have I'm,
0: noticed that you you you've mentioned traumatizing deaths before like in pulp fiction the traumatizing death of Flock of Seagulls guy. Uh do you think this is something that it seems to be a recurring theme with you is, is it something that really affects you you think more than do you think you're a little bit more um sensitive to it?
1: No, I think it's pro- probably a product of my desensitization to it. I think oh. that I've seen so many movies where you know, they're like the shoot 'em up movies and people are getting shot and, you know, uh, Broken Arrow, uh, uh, John Travolta takes a thermonuclear device through the body like that. It's like, oh, that's, oh, cool. Um, And, or, you know, I don't know why that just came to mind, but like, or, you know, the end of GoldenEye when he drops him off the thing. It's like, oh, cool. But then when there are these deaths where it's like, very kind of up close and real and 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 you've they've built the character a certain way and you kind of have this love-hate relationship with the character except for flock of seagulls that was just a cold-hearted death <laughs> um, yeah um but like it, 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 it is
0: it, it is the more malevolent and cold it the more disturbing it is i feel like yeah do you remember in, in the piano have you, seen, have you seen the movie the piano The, or pia- the pianist, sorry the, pia- the, the, the pianist
1: p- the pianist yes
0: yeah, with Brody, when the the German guy is just randomly grabbing dudes at a line, telling them to lie down, and then he just, just methodically shoots each... That yeah. one, because he had to reload the gun to shoot the last guy. That one yeah. stayed with me for a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that, like there are just certain deaths in certain movies that are a little bit more real to me, and a little bit more like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen.
0: Yes, yes. And I, I'll tell you what, ever since Bambi's mom got it to the Dome in that movie i think selective violence creates a bond with a film that kind of stays with you you know yeah. what i mean like it, if specifically used it affects you in a way that really bonds you to the to the movie i feel like yeah so good fellas, let's discuss it let's get into it uh tell me your experience your first reactions when you saw it let's let's go let's do this
1: uh the first time i saw it i was pretty young and i didn't quite i didn't probably didn't get the nuance of it. I've seen it so many times, right? This is one of those movies you just keep, you can watch as many times as you want. And it's still good. Um, Having watched it recently and having watched it kind of with a fine tooth comb, um, I still love it. I still think it's a fantastic movie. Um, I still think it's a very Scorsese style movie. Um, And if you've seen a lot of his other movies like Casino and uh, Wolf of Wall Street specifically are very similar in the way they're built. Uh Wolf of Wall Street almost mirrors it in a lot of ways. Uh just Yeah, purposely.
0: that's that's actually a very good observation. The similar pacing, tone, style just like that's yeah. just a continuous like this is a movie like a long movie trailer style of filmmaking.
1: Yeah, and it's that it's that old story of everything's going great, everything's going great, everything's going great until it's not right yeah like it's that it's a very classic film story arc that you know this is great everything's awesome don't shoot yourself in the foot oh you're doing something stupid you're shooting yourself in the foot. and right i
0: i do think that you're right wolf of wall street is a spiritual sequel to goodfellas just for all those reasons it seems very similar the bones seem similar
1: yeah and i mean and Stacey knows how to tell that story he knows how to to, to build you up that way. And he knows how to, you know, say, set you down. Another movie that does this well is blow with, uh, with Johnny Depp. Everything's going great. You're doing the, you are selling oh, yeah. the cocaine. You're selling the cocaine. Yeah. Don't, don't tell that guy that thing. Don't do something stupid. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I would love to see a drug dealer movie or a, a, a mob movie where the hero just gets away clean. Like everything's cool. Yeah. You know, I got yeah. my money. I'm I'm rich now. I've got 17 wives in Guatemala. You know, I run this town. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I made my decisions. I don't regret anything. Life is good. Everyone should be a drug dealer is the message of this
1: movie. (laughs) Interestingly enough, all three movies, Blow, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, based on true stories. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Casino as well. So if there's a life lesson here, it's when everything is going really good, don't shoot yourself don't get don't out do, just don't do get out don't make there. a stupid decision just make the right yeah. decision every time don't shoot yourself in the foot and you'll still be riding this this wave all the way up
0: yeah that's good that's good advice you know yeah. i think there's something to be said about leaving knowing when to cut cut just get out just yeah you know you've been at the table this long you're on a good winning streak cash your chips in and just get, get out of there man retire we're good
1: Kenny Rogers said it best, you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them, right? Yeah. And, and that's our first Kenny Rogers quote. Probably Absolutely. probably will be our last.
0: Yeah. Uh I again I when I was uh when I my first impressions of Goodfellas, I was way too young. And I didn't see it until much later when I got into movies when I was a teenager that I saw it. Um but the thing is I'd already seen Casino at that point. Okay. So For some reason, Goodfellas to me didn't seem as good as Casino because it felt like it was kind of ripping off Casino a little bit.
1: Right, right.
0: It felt like a Casino sequel, which you know, so it diminished it in my mind somewhat. But watching it back this time, uh, I think it raised it. It's it's back up there in my mind, uh, above Casino now. Just I've had enough time to kind of reflect and, and and look at it from afar, and man, I was so impressed with it. Oh God, it's so. Good. Every, there's something. There's certain people out there who are so good at what they do that you almost have look at them like in awe. Like, yeah, is this person a real? Is this like like you you think that they're almost godlike in their ability to do what they do? Yeah. You know, you see it with Messi when he plays football, or McDavid when he pl- plays hockey and stuff like that. Yeah. There are some humans on this earth that are just me- when when the perfect human ha- who has the the exact right potential to do something and then pursues that thing and it works out and you watch them do it. It's just, it's, it's a real privilege. It's a real privilege to be able to see someone just at the top of their game. Yeah. You know?
1: And, and, and that's it, right? It's like, it's, it's Federer, it's Jordan, it's, yep. it's messy, you're, you know, Scorsese. He's, he's so good at building up, uh, you know, building suspense and, and telling a story and um, kind of leading you one way and throwing you another way and and giving you like kind of giving you what you want as you go through as well. Like giving you these little breadcrumbs that are like, oh, that is, mm, I like that. Let's keep going down that road. Oh, I didn't want to go down that road. That got dark. Um, you know, like yeah. he'll, he'll lead you there. And once you're there, you may not like it. Like in, like in Casino when he leads you right into that cornfield and you're like uh i'm uncomfortable yeah but then he holds your hand through it you get through it and you know you're better for it in the end.
0: but scorsese uh, the casino the pace of casino is just it's so relentless it, it it almost seems like a movie made for millennials and just it's going so fast and it's like yeah. a train that just keeps moving and moving until it spins off the tracks so very modern for a film made back in the 80s i
1: but think it, but it doesn't skimp out on details there are little details in that movie that are so you know, you, you'd miss them if you weren't paying attention. And we say this about a lot of movies we watch, but you know, just little things in the food they're cooking, in the in the way they talk, like uh Paul Sorvino when he always, whenever he's he's beautiful. That's beautiful. Like that that's yeah. just really like classic mobster, but but just such a little nuance. He could have been like, that's beautiful. But he kept. Yeah. The, he always said it deliberately. Beautiful.
0: And also, I think, uh, very underrated as far as movies go is the set decoration and all the tiny details, which are real. They're, they actually place those things in the frame. And when you look at it, every scene, every frame, it's so packed with detail. That level of detail is just—it's an unsung hero, I think, in this movie, and it should be observed in other movies which is not a lot of i i think that that the the set deck looked so real and so specific to that time it was it was truly amazing good movie eh yeah
1: great film um we should uh we should get into it i think uh there's gonna be one thing i do that's gonna really annoy you every Mm. time uh we talk about a scene that has a sopranos character in it i'm probably gonna call that character
0: Oh,, you do that already, and I love it. I think it's okay. a great part of it's a great part of the culture of the show at this point,
1: because to be honest with you, this movie has pretty much like sixty percent of the sopranos in it, yeah, so, I think
0: that was that was by design that the yeah. sopranos purposely did that, right?
1: Well, yeah, I also think that there's a pool of actors that play these roles, and a lot of them uh you know tend to get a lot of different movies.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about Goodfellas before we get into the food
1: chair? No, let's do it.
0: Okay. So now we will break down all of the food in Goodfellas chronologically and uh, see where we net out culinarily and cinematically. And how more pretentious I can get with my categorizations. So, starting at minute two. Henry, we're going through um, Henry's childhood, and just so we, everyone at home understands, this is a movie about Henry Hill. It's his memoir of growing up in a gangster neighborhood, becoming a gangster, and then spoiler alerts! Spoiler alerts! Everybody, you should see the movie by now. If not, why listen to this podcast? He ends up turning states evidence and becoming a an informant for the FBI. So a rat. It's a yeah, a rat. Right. It's a wild ride, and as Scorsese himself described on the Wikipedia page, he wanted to make a like full-length movie trailer, which is just relentless in its pace. And he drew a lot from one of my uh, favorite movies. I'd say top five movie for me, Jules and Jim, this uh, Francois Truffaut film. If you haven't seen that movie, please do. It is absolutely delightful. One, one of the best pieces of filmmaking of all time. But uh, liberal use of voiceover and montage editing and music to just push this baby just right at us for over two hours felt like 15 minutes as far as I'm concerned but as we start off this this race to the finish Scorsese starts it off in in part of the the childhood montage of Henry minute two having breakfast with the fam traditional American breakfast grabs a bag lunch runs out the door is there anything more American than that scene right there
1: I mean, if they'd had flags and apple pie, maybe it would have been more American. But this is like, yes, the typical American morning breakfast with the family, grab the bag on the way out the door. Um, You know, replace it with a lunchbox and it could maybe get a more American. But I think you're I think
0: I think the dude is working class father probably had a lunchbox prepared yeah, for a big, pail. sturdy man, manly, you know.
1: Service. Can knock out a
0: rock, rock out, or knock out a, like a mugger with this thing if you wanted to boom anyway moving on minute 6 young henry who looks like a teenager at this point is making a sandwich yeah one of my favorite foods possibly my own my favorite food also have a youtube channel dedicated to sandwiches uh so me personally very attached to sandwiches his father confronts him with a letter from school uh that he's not been attending school so they sent a letter to him and his father proceeds to beat the crap out of him before Henry can finish making his sandwich. With which a, makes belt. It du- with a belt. With With a which belt. Which makes it doubly traumatic because, you know, yeah. you didn't get to finish your sandwich.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I never want to get hit with a belt. Um, not even for fun.
0: No. It looks painful. Uh, wait a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. No. May- no. no. No, no, no. No, no. Yeah. Huh. Right. Um, Any yeah. thoughts on Henry getting his ass whipped by his dad?
1: Not, not really. More on the sandwich. Uh, did we get a glimpse of what that was? It, it looked like maybe like a bologna or a mozzarella.
0: Yeah, it it looked like some kind of a cold cut with uh, with mustard. Pretty simple kid yeah. kid sandwich, you know, young yeah, young guy sandwich. Good. Yeah, yeah. Which is okay. like that.
1: That's the that that's the gateway sandwich. When you're a kid, you don't know how to make a sandwich. It's like two pieces of white bread, the mayonnaise the turkey, the piece of cheese, like f- yeah. forget lettuce cuz you don't eat that. And then nope. like just get that in you. That's not a good sandwich, uh, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, terrible sandwiches. I man a bad sandwich makes me so frustrated and sad because whether a sandwich is good or bad, it's just filled with carbs and calories. So, like, you're just wasting those carbs and calories, man, on a non-delicious sandwich. Yeah. Take some time. Toast the outside of the bread, you know? Toast it. Put, put some condiments on there. Do something.
1: Use an interesting bread. You know, I, look, I get it. I, again, I, like, I yeah. like I like a good white bread as much as the next guy. But. Sure. Get a, get a little grain in there. Try something mm. new spice it up marble rye rye bread god get in the, get, get involved in rye
0: shout People, out to rye bread man
1: and rye is yeah. the gateway to the other breads right like it's a little bit dangerous. yes it's a little yep. bit dangerous it's a little bit uh a little different but it's not it's not too texture
0: perfect. is a little bit tougher you know yeah, it's not quite it has, spongy it has a know?
1: flavor it has a bit of flavor yep.
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then and then there's the whole sourdough phenomenon, which I'm not I'm not entirely against because I got a couple of friends that got, got in on it and they make great sourdough. And I've been enjoying good sourdough.
0: Man, what happened in the white commun the white woman lady community with sourdough in, in during COVID? They all started making sourdough like a bunch of witches. Are they all witches?
1: I don't know. Why are they doing this? I don't know. It just seemed like I- just it became like one of those foodie phenomenons, and uh, I have a buddy. Did who, your
0: did your did your wife do it? No, no, I she I, did not. Okay, I
1: I've been playing. Well, with but sourdough. your
0: wife is your wife is Asian though, right? Uh, half. Half. Okay, if yeah. she was full white, thirty seven percent chance she did it.
1: Yeah, but a lot of dudes got into it too. Like I had been I had been dabbling in sourdough for years. Like bread making is something I like to do, uh, but I'm not. I've never really mastered sourdough. It's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. I have No, bu- that's why it
0: became so popular because it was a difficult kind of yeah. like it was the whole process to and it, which to, was very. You yeah. have
1: to care for the culture and all that stuff. And I have a buddy who's like a fireman and he did it for he's been doing it for years. Like he's been he, he's like he didn't get he, he didn't get in on this pandemic stuff. He's been into it for years. He, and, he was um, doing it before it was cool. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a sourdough okay. hipster, um, All right. and he's been uh, he's been you know he he does he makes a good sourdough too. So yeah, if you're making a sandwich, use a good bread. You know, play with the mustard a bit. You know, if you have to use mayonnaise, please use mayonnaise. I'm not against mayonnaise. consider
0: consider toasting the bread or grilling it. Consider it. You know what I mean? Yeah, might might do something. You know,
1: spice up your sandwich. Throw a little spinach mm. in there
0: lettuce yep. you know pesto perhaps or some kind of uh maybe like a, a spread maybe yeah. avocado through like even just one avocado in a relatively mundane sandwich can elevate it i feel like yeah first food porn episode in the movie is at um minute eight we go to Pauly in the backyard sausage and peppers cooked on the outdoor grill for sandwiches they specify that they're cooking all kinds of condiments they're with the onions they're grilling the onions this was definitely food porn. It, it panned right, very close to the sausages. You can yeah. hear the sound. The, the sound sizzling. was in your ear.
1: It's like early Whoa. ASMR. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. And, it, and it looked good in this. Scene, it really did. Yeah. In the, in this scene, just Soprano shout out Tony Sirico, recently passed. Uh, Paulie Walnuts. He's in R. a R. couple. Paulie Walnuts. He's in a couple of the early scenes. Uh, great uh great actor actually was a mobster in real life um, for many years, went to went to prison uh, and then got out of prison and became an actor in mob movies. Um, but uh, just thought I'd call him out in this scene. He's kind of mm-hmm. the first Sopranos guy you see in, in, mm-hmm. in Goodfellas.
0: Okay. That was, that was an awesome scene. I feel like Chris Farley in that, uh, that SNL sketch. Remember those sausage and peppers? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, Okay, so next insinuation of food more than food porn is at minute 29. Henry Hill has ascended into the mainstream world of middle to upper middle class mafioso. And he is currently uh, doing what mob guys do, which is trying to get laid and spending a lot of money. Goes on an awkward double date. With his buddy um, Tommy, uh, whose future with his future wife, which surprisingly in a movie they don't get along at first, chair. Yeah. So unusual for a love story in the movies where they don't get along at first, but then end up together.
1: But also like kind of great. Mm-hmm. Made it perfect. But he was too. I think what Scorsese was trying to do there was to say that he was so wrapped up in becoming the gangster that everything else was just peripheral. That he didn't mm-hmm. notice this beautiful woman, Lorraine Bracco, another Sopranos person. Um, she played Dr. Jennifer Melfi. Uh, yeah. He didn't notice this beautiful woman because he was so, you know, I got to get to this place. I got to do this thing. I got this thing I got to do. He couldn't care. He was not even interested at all. And, he you know, Pesci was just trying to get, get laid.
0: Yeah, and that brings us to the second double date. They actually make it to a second date on this one. Yeah, Henry Hill stands her up, and it's an incredibly funny scene the way that Scorsese did it because Pesci has. They all have meals in front of them. Pesci, his girl, and then Lorraine Bracco, uh, Karen. She has a meal. Karen and her friend are not touching their meals at all because they feel weird that Henry has stood her up. Pesci though, he's just gone just going for it just like undaunted he's like he has no idea that what he's doing is uh perhaps rude or, or inappropriate for the situation and he's he's ignoring all of these stares from the other two women about how awkward it is that henry has stood her up and how sad she must feel and he is just shoveling that food in his mouth like a true foodie true lover of food and you know a also, ruthless, with, with the ruthlessness of yeah. a mob killer,
1: and that's kind of setting his character up, right. He is ruthless. He does not have. He doesn't have that kind of emotion. And you know, it's like like we talked about before. It's like eating while getting fired. It's just a yeah. bit of a like. It's a bit of a power move. Disres- it's a disres- like, it's disrespectful it's disrespectful. Way to <laughs> he's just, yeah, yeah, all right, uh, yeah. No, but know. but he's he, actually he's saying while he's eating. Oh, I feel terrible. Yeah, he's commis- he's just, commiserating. Just <laughs> Eating, so while, funny. eating while getting fired is good eating while commiserating is really
0: good yeah. oh my god it was it was similar to um when uh elaine in seinfeld is visiting her her guy in the hospital who has just been through some kind of uh, a surgery where they thought he might die yeah and she's eating the uh junior the means. candies yeah. the junior Mints. yeah and he's like, wait a second, when did you get the? She- no, he's telling her about, oh, I almost died. And she's like, oh, that's too bad. I was like, wow, really? It's just disrespectful, man.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's very funny.
0: Minute 31, here we go. This what, Of the many famous shots that Scorsese has done, is any shot more famous than the steady cam shot through the restaurant in Minute 31?
1: I, I can't think of any that I uh, would say is more famous than that shot. That's a great shot. It's, it's mm-hmm. inspired or, uh, you know, so many other shots in film remind me of this shot. And I think we, you know, in, uh, in um, Pulp Fiction, we talked about that scene where they're talking about the massage and it's that single pan shot as well. Like this shot is the shot that birthed all those shots in my mind. I don't think that's true, yeah. but it's the one that I always compare a lot of the other ones to.
0: Yeah. Even to this day, it's just incredible, you know? I mean, the amount of takes they must have had to do, because everything looks just perfect. All the timing of the actors looks normal yeah. and natural. No one F's up. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing when you see all those people coming together and, and doing something that incredible. Yeah. Without really. any CGI. And the thing is, with no CGI, though. That's what makes it just amazing.
1: Yeah. And it it really tells a good story. It tells mm-hmm. a story about who Henry Hill is, how he, you know, how he operates, how he schmoozes, how he moves through, how people do things for him. Everything he's been talking about up until this point in the film has now started to happen for him.
0: Absolutely. And as a as a viewer, it's it's the most seductive shot. It just completely seduces you. It, you like it makes you fall in love with this whole world because you're right there. It's like You know, you're with Henry. You don't gotta stand in line. I'm going through the kitchen. You know, he's he's shaking everyone's hand. It's like you are that guy, and you're just effortlessly gliding through this through life, basically. And then it just on the wide shot, you see, table, the world, is incredible that you've just entered. it was sort of like you're going through a birth canal or something. But like you you just effortlessly get in there, and you want to be there. You want to be there, and you and you feel like if life could be like this, life would be amazing oh yeah. yeah
1: unbelievable and it makes you feel like there's a lot he lives a very fast-paced action kind of lots happen to him and i uh, yeah just you want to be that guy it's it he's the man right there that's yeah. pretty cool uh um, that's
0: that that is that's an i'm the man shot which i think we should keep start keeping track of in movies
1: i'm the man shot that's a good i'm, I'm the, man
0: the man shot, shot. Yeah, yeah that's a great i'm the man shot
1: yeah
0: Whew, i got fired up man all right let's okay. go
1: great scene great scene
0: just tremendous Minute thirty six. This is a bit. It's it's a bit of a letdown. Is not is not as important. But we still got to identify the food and just keep going. But I identified at uh, minute thirty six. Karen's impressed that someone sent champagne to yeah. their table,
1: and the champagne is Dom Perignon.
0: Dom per- I was I was going to ask you about this because yeah. you had opinions about champagne the last time in the French yeah. Dispatch.
1: So we talked about and in four rooms we talked about, you know, the, two of the biggest champagne houses are. Louis Roederer, they make Cristal, and Dom Perignon makes Dom, and Dom Perignon is the original champagne. It's, you know, it's expensive, it's premium, it's, you know, it's it's the quintessential bottle of Dom is kind of the high-end champagne, and, and if you're buying somebody a bottle of champagne and you want to buy them a nice bottle of champagne, you buy them a bottle of Dom Perignon.
0: So that's Man. kind of, that, it's
1: a symbolic thing.
0: How much Dom Perignon have you had in your life do you think any bottles
1: In my life how many bottles I wouldn't say yeah. more I've had I've had one vintage bottle of Dom Perignon there's good champagne you have to distinguish between there's they don't necessarily bottle a single vintage they keep in order to maintain the same flavor from you know if you buy a Dom, bottle of Dom Perignon now versus a bottle of Dom Perignon 10 years ago it would be hard to tell the flavors apart because they mix vintages to keep it kind of level. But vintage mm-hmm. Dom is a single year of Dom. If it's a good year, they'll bottle some of that year off just so that they can have it and charge more for it. So I've had one bottle of vintage Dom in my life. And then I probably had like one and a half bottles rest of my life. I don't drink very much. Anymore. Okay.
0: I don't think I've had any. Um, which... I feel like the number of bottles of Dom Perignon you've had in your life is some kind of measure of success. So I'm going to try to up my bottles of Dom Perignon consumption Fair uh, enough. moving forward. Fair so enough. I don't think it's right that I've never had a bottle of Dom Perignon. Like, am well, I really living life if when, I've never had a do- bottle of Dom Perignon?
1: When we reach 100 followers, we'll have that bottle.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Let's set a, uh, set a re- realistic milestone.
0: Let's go. I really thought you were gonna say like
1: a million followers. I
0: really did. It's like a hundred.
1: Okay, let's do that. Oh, at, at a million, we'll have Dom Pérignon on our yachts.
0: Um, that's good. That's good. Okay, I I, I love uh, speaking these things into existence. Uh, yeah, keep them out in the world. Keep 'em coming, man. Uh, I'm into it. Minute 45, Karen is arguing with her parents because, once again, Henry has not come home. We, we missed
1: the wedding cake.
0: Oh, sorry about that. Sorry,
1: sorry. And the wedding is an important scene. Well,
0: um, go, go for it, Jared. Yeah, minute 41, multi-layered what? wedding cake at Henry's wedding.
1: Yeah, uh, we've we've met all the characters previous. Like, they, they talked to uh, Henry Hill, went through all the mobsters. So, you see them all. They all kind of move around as a family. They all go together as to weddings, and they're all in the same room and in this scene the thing that kind of ties everyone together is she's now talking about um, meeting every all of was it she's talking about meeting all of Paulie's relatives and they're mm. all either named Mary or Paul or Peter or something No, maybe not Peter oh
0: yeah all all, all the women are named Marie, Marie All the guys are either Paul, Paul or Peter Peter yeah i think it was, i think it was Paul and Peter Ma- yeah. they're Saint-
1: saints yeah and yeah. so um hey shout out to Pauls out there Holding strong. Um, And then uh, the other thing in the scene is everyone's giving a boost, which is the, uh, the wedding money. Right. And so they give it yep. in this bag and it's just envelope after envelope, after envelope, after envelope, after envelope. And she's like, well, what about the bag of money? And, and Henry's like, Don't worry, no one's gonna touch that. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like
0: it's, it really shows the cultural difference of her being Jewish and him being
1: Italian. Yeah, 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 <laughs> When she, she just doesn't understand like what this yeah. is, what, what a boost is, and it's it's an important part in Italian culture. Um so and they do this at weddings. Um But yeah, and then the wedding cake is spectacular.
0: Incredible wedding cake. Man, I wedding cake is actually one of my favorite foods. I love wedding cake, and I wish I could. Yeah, I know it's just slab cake with a bunch of uh, frosting on it, but I absolutely love it, man. It's so good, and that kind of elasticy type, you know, because they seal it with the with the frosting so they can last for decades, right? What do they call that fondant or something? Fondant,
1: yeah,
0: yeah the 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 elasticy fondant that forms the seal. I like that for some reason. I just really find it—the texture—is really uh, appealing to me.
1: All right, hot take. Paul likes a good seal.
0: I like a good seal. How was your wedding cake? Was it uh, was it spectacular? Did not have one. No. Okay. Opted... I'm not going to ask why. Not...
1: Well, we opted to have a, a, a make your own Sunday bar. Oh, well, that okay. sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I just feel like I don't personally. I'm not a big cake guy. Like, You're a pie guy. Yeah, I like I like certain pie, key lime pie. Okay, key lime pie okay. is my favorite uh, yep. dessert in the spectrum of desserts. But also, I just like at a wedding. It, now everyone's got to stop. I, I'm not a big wedding guy either, so my wedding was very not proto- prototypical. Are you? Are you the Grinch? Are you the Grinch?
0: No, chair? I, I just like, You don't like cake. You don't like a lot of pies, and you don't like. I weddings. don't like a
1: lot of the, the traditional stuff that goes into it. Like you know when the. You
0: when don't the, like pageantry. You don't like pageantry.
1: I just I don't like pageantry for pageantry's sake. It, it, okay it, it like you know what a wedding when this is a good example
0: a wedding is a celebration of love sure that's the pageant that's what the pageant yeah and, and you don't and like that I'm,
1: I'm, I'm all there for the. you love. don't like love hey hear me out. perfect example. you better stop in the
0: name you, of i'm going to give you all an right. example
1: all you know right you've been i'm sure you've been to a bunch of weddings and you know when you've been yeah. to a bunch of weddings and then they you get have the wedding and then they corral you into the hall And you stand there awkwardly for a little bit. Then they force you to sit down. And then you have to watch as all the groomsmen and bridesmaids who you don't even know, who you barely care about. They come in and do like a dance. Yep. What the hell is that? Like you're wasting my time. I want the dinner. I want to see maybe a speech or two. I don't mind the speeches. Um, But again, with the speeches, one speech per side.
0: How do you feel about the the groomsmen and the bridesmaids trying to be funny, stand-up comedians with their speeches? Are, are it, you through with that? Are you done with that?
1: Unless you are funny. Like my group, mm-hmm. my, my, like I said, one speech per side or like family groomsmen, family groomsmen per side is tolerable and keep them short. Four, four speeches in total? Yeah, four speeches in total. And if you- That's two, enough. I think everyone's if, good with if that. If you two have to make a speech for your wedding, go ahead. But- uh like don't do anything more than that don't get your grandmother up to, to say some crap that i don't care about um literally if you're not funny say something meaningful and get mm-hmm. off get out of it okay my groomsman very funny guy gave a great speech everyone remembered it my wife's uh brother spoke up for her and or her or sister-in-law spoke for her and she said something meaningful and beautiful and everyone was like oh and there were some couple of little jokes in there like that were like funny, but not like, you know, she didn't like do like when they go up and they do a song or like a rap and it's like, guys, just stop. Like, okay, let's let's get on with it. I want to eat. What,
0: there, there, what about the phenomenon of funny PowerPoints now with like the montage of photos and these making funny comments about it? That's a thing now.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: No, all right. you're not having it. Okay. No. Right,
1: And then now you got now I got to watch you cut cake. Like uh, so at my wedding I was like I'm not doing any of that crap. We're getting married, it's going to be nice, it's going to be beautiful. The food is going to be spectacular. And that is what we did because look, when you leave a wedding, no one's like, "Oh my god, wow. That balloon decoration was was great." No, no. Everyone's like when you leave a wedding, you're like, wow, that food was trash. Or, oh, wow, that food was really good. People still talk about my wedding because of the food. What'd you have? Uh, there were a lot of things French onion soup dumplings. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did fried chicken. We did, uh, there was a slow roasted short rib. Just all like good stuff like and then the sunday bar at the end and grilled cheeses and stuff you
0: know. Oh, that yeah. sounds
1: great. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. So this is this is how I envision weddings.
0: Okay. No cake, uh a lot of food though. Yeah. That's that's Jerry's J- Jeremy's um wedding tips. And uh I respect it. I think I think it's a great plan. Except I I do want the cake.
1: Okay. I think hey, you like cake. Yeah. If you enjoy, I love cake, if you enjoy cake, and you know you like a wedding cake, it seems.
0: Have a well, wedding Well, the thing cake. is, you you can't go out and buy yourself a cake. That's ridiculous. You're a grown up. You know what I mean. You can only eat cake when it's presented to you at a function.
1: You yeah. Know I mean? have, you, have you ever had a deep and delicious?
0: When I was fourteen, yeah.
1: Yeah, you used go. to
0: take out an entire cake in one sitting. That Glass was, of milk. That was. The Are cake, you kidding me?
1: That was the cake you could do that with.
0: Hell yeah. You know, I don't think I've had a cake in a year. and I'm going to get some cake today. I don't think I've had a cake in a year and a half. It's been way too long.
1: Yeah, go out and get like a mini cake. They make smaller cakes.
0: Well, the thing is, I always think like, I can't buy a cake. I'll just get a cupcake, which is not the same thing, even no. though it's got cake in the name and we know it's not. A...
1: You know what I mean? Like, It's, but it, I... it's like a deconstructed yeah. cake. I, it's, not, it's not the same. I like a cupcake. Everyone likes a
0: cupcake, Jeremy. They're amazing.
1: But that it's sucks. not a cake.
0: That's not a cake. No. It's, cl- it's so close, though. What the... F- Why? <sighs> and also, I'm getting these Tim Hortons muffins for breakfast a lot, which are... That's cake. I mean, they are cake. They that's, are cake. What am I... They're frost- frosting less cake.
1: Yeah.
0: I got to sort of this, co- this cake situation, and we'll get back to you. Anyway. Minute 45, Karen is arguing with their parents. Oh, did we just go through this? No, we didn't. Uh, no, we,
1: we, oh, no, yeah, we yeah, had yeah, to yeah, jump yeah. back to the wings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, minute 45, Karen is arguing with her parents, and she is waiting for Henry to come home. He doesn't. It, well, he has not not been coming home for a while. He does come home. Mom answers the door, starts yelling at him. He laughs and walks away. Yeah. Karen is upset at the mom for yelling, and then the mom <laughs> yells, leave your father alone. He hasn't been able to digest a meal in six weeks. Yeah, which sucks. That sucks.
1: Uh, Karen's mom, played by Suzanne Shepard, who mm-hmm. played uh Carmela's mom in The Sopranos. So oh. a very famous actress. She's uh she's amazing. Um and great in The Sopranos, and actually pretty damn good in this, too. Like plays the Angry Mom to a T in this, which I liked.
0: Yeah, she was very convincing as Angry Mom. Yeah. And I think uh, Lorraine Bracco, after this movie, she must have been just mentally exhausted because all of her scenes are so – it's just her yelling most of the
1: time. Or just
0: working herself up into an emotional mess, or she's being paranoid. Like, the emotional toll it must have taken on Lorraine Bracco must have been just – unless that's just what she's like. She's She's, she's cool with that. She's
1: an interesting lady. I've seen her in interviews or heard her in interviews, and she's she's very bubbly. Like, she's a very (laughs) personable person. Um, she's not who she is in in this and nor in the sopranos like she's very kind of bubbly flirtatious um, at least at least in the interviews she could totally not be that but that's what i perceive her to be
0: because in every role i've seen her and she just has this simmering intensity yeah which i thought was just part of her her how, how she was as a human but i'll i'll watch some interviews because if you say she's just a, just a happy bubbly person
1: oh she's take a look. very she's very she's very much an actor like mm. she's an actor's actor, and in, in that she's got, she's kind of got that kind of interesting way of talking, and you know she's a little bit loopy at times, it seems. But um, she is, uh, you know, I'm surprised she wasn't in more stuff that I'd have seen. I, I'm sure she was, but um, I think she was in the movie Hackers with Matt Lillard. I believe she was really. In that, but that's the only I, other. I know place she was in.
0: She was in Medicine Man with Sean Connery, underrated yeah. film of the yeah. '90s, by yeah. the way.
1: And, and Very yeah.
0: good in that. Very good. Yeah. She was big in the hackers.
1: She was big in the '90s, I think. But she's she's awesome, and she she's just like, she's
0: she she ca- is ex- she's explosive on screen, man. Yeah. she has so much charisma; it's really impressive.
1: And she helped carry the Sopranos for so many seasons. Like she was such a, like one of my favorite characters on that show for sure.
0: Yeah, it really goes to show, in a role like that, where it's just her sitting in a room talking, you have to have someone in there that you just can't take your eyes off of.
1: You yeah. Know? And she yeah. has that. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Minute 58, one of the more significant, I think, uh, as far as character goes, scenes in the movie, after an altercation with uh, Billy Batts in a bar, where he disrespectfully told Joe Pesci to go get your shine box. Billy Batts... Gets beaten, yeah, and uh, they get shot, beaten, and is Jimmy, Tommy, and Henry throw him in the back of the car, and they're about to bury his lifeless body, but they have to stop off at Tommy's mother's house to get the shovels. Typical they Italian, wake her up,
1: Italian mother.
0: <laughs> typical Italian. They they accidentally wake her up, and just like a typical Italian mother, she will not let these men leave without feeding them. Yeah, yeah,
1: and Billy Bats, played by Frank Vincent, one of the Great uh, villains in The Sopranos, uh, Phil O'Leary Tardo, uh, and just great actor, great mob actor. He's done a lot of mob stuff and awesome in this.
0: Like, just I think he's only done mob stuff. I've yeah. never seen this guy not in a mob movie. I've
1: seen him in, he's done some uh, Guy Ritchie stuff where he was kind of mob, but maybe not mob. And okay. think he did a couple, like, wasn't he in Get Shorty? But I think he played a mobster in that, too. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I'm Um, not sure. Yeah, but yeah. uh, Frank Vincent, great great actor.
0: As far as the food goes, I think this food is very symbolic, though, of the fact that Jimmy and Tommy are basically sociopaths. They just killed a dude in cold blood, and now they have no problem just eating this entire spread of pasta. But Henry, I think... It's hard to know because this is based on Henry's memoir, whether he's painting himself in a good light or not, but Henry is really unable to kind of eat. He's only eating a little bit to be polite, but he's lost his appetite after going through this murder, but it's very, it shows the character in that meal. You see the, how each, the, the characters are different. Henry is different. He's in this world, but he's not, he doesn't have the same, I guess, um, stomach for violence as jimmy and tommy do jimmy and tommy for for jimmy and tommy violence just seems extremely casual yeah and for henry it's sort of like more of a necessary evil he'll do it he's not happy about it but for jimmy and tommy those guys it's like it's almost like taking out the trash for these guys they yeah. can do that and just sit down and go ahead and talk to tommy's mom and eat a meal like it's nothing right
1: well henry's also more even tempered but when henry loses his temper like we saw earlier with the guy, that tennis guy, you you just wanted him to get his ass kicked. Um, that, oh, yeah. that like Lorraine, uh, like he he laid a beating on that guy pretty good. Um, so when his temper flares, of course. But Tommy is is all temper, right? Like he's just Pesci is all temper all the time, and Jimmy's more. But, but but
0: the thing with with Tommy though, he's like a gregarious, funny, happy go lucky guy most of the time. But he's. He, you're, there's something about him where yeah, if you set him off,
1: yeah, he's it's
0: it's such it's such a Jekyll and Hyde thing. With he's that
1: mercurial, guy. like he's very much like he Ugh. can go he can go hot and cold very quick, right? Like he's just mm. he's all personality though. And Jimmy's Jimmy's more like the quiet, like Jimmy's the scarier one because he's almost like the quiet killer. Like Tommy, yeah. you know, you could set him off, but yep. but, Jim, but uh, De Niro's just plays that very cool and. uh which is even more sociopathic, and in the mob, it was the same way. It's you know, it's been the same way, and you see this in a lot of different mob stories, and you hear this in real life. There are some guys like uh, uh, Paul Castellano, who was a mm-hmm. mob boss before. I think it was prior to John Gotti. Um, He wasn't. He was more of an accountant kind of guy. Like he was more of a Henry kind of guy who would run a good scam or or a good racket versus a guy like uh sammy the bull who was more of a heavy like he was you know maybe more of a hitman or uh or Meyer lansky who was who was a hitman kind of guy right like there were guys that did a lot of wet work that did a lot of killing and then there were guys that maybe didn't do as much killing uh because that just wasn't their taste they were more in the organized crime element of it so they're you know they the, as in the mob as in life there are and there are, you know, people who are in it for the money.
0: Yeah. As, uh, as the street guys say, there's, there's shot callers and there's shooters, you know, yeah, that's it. So. At a certain point in that scene, Jimmy goes for the ketchup on the table. Did you know why he was going for the ketchup? I couldn't – it seemed like they were eating pasta, which I don't think he would put ketchup on pasta, would he? That would be a, a, yeah, a travesty. Yeah, I didn't know
1: what they were eating. It looked like – I thought they were eating eggs at one point. Like, it looked like they were eating scrambled eggs, in which case, yeah, I could put ketchup on that all day. But Okay, uh, okay. But – if it was pasta, it's weird, especially if you're an Italian to do that. I don't yeah,
0: know. that couldn't be. It couldn't have been in the pasta, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Impossible.
1: Or if he was having a steak, some guys like steak with ketchup, which is messed up to
0: me. Oh no, yeah. really? The, the, I didn't think those guys still existed, but well, I've met every Donald, guy. So
1: Donald Trump, allegedly.
0: Okay, listen, everyone under forty out there, this is just little advice. Never put ketchup on your steaks. Let's let's grow up as a generation, can we? I'm gonna say though, I've uh, never,
1: I've never tried it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so maybe you, you, you you're, you're a ketchup steak virgin. Is what you're saying?
1: Maybe I should.
0: Oh, you want to pop your cherry? Your ketchup. I steak did, the cherry. thing
1: is, is, is like I couldn't ruin a like I wouldn't want to ruin the steak with it. Like that's why I've never tried it is because like I would never think to do it. Yeah. Like I, when I see a steak, I'm like, I'll put mashed potatoes on that and eat that. That's great.
0: Yeah. But yeah. like,
1: not. I just don't – I don't like sauce on my steak.
0: So, it just doesn't even register in your mind as a possible no. – Like, you, you can't even – you wouldn't even think to do that. No,
1: I don't even put barbecue sauce. I just, like – I like a steak to taste like a steak.
0: Me too. I don't put anything on my steak either. I've only started eating steak recently, actually. Um, for the first half of my life, I never really liked it. Not a
1: big but, beef uh, guy?
0: No, I just didn't like the texture of it. I was big into burgers. Love burgers, but okay. – um, but then I fi- finally I, f- I, I ate a really – this is what happened. When you don't eat steak or you don't like steak, th- this is ex- someone will say, oh, we're getting steaks. How do you like your steak? I'll be like, no, I'm good. I don't know. And they're like, you don't eat steak? I'm like, oh. no, I don't eat steak. And, and, then they why, and, they, and they ask you why. And they ask you if you eat beef. And I was like, no, I eat beef, but I just haven't had really – I've never had a good steak. And then this is what they do. Oh, you got to try my steak. Let me make you a steak. Yeah. It's the exact same conversation a thousand times. And then I eat their steak and I don't like it. And then it reinforces my own bias and the vicious cycle continues.
1: Yeah. But now you're saying you, you you're getting into it, or you, you kind of
0: Right. I finally did have a good one. And then it convinced me, Oh, you can make this well. And it was really good actually. Where and did so you then have I, a good steak? Uh my friend's house. His I was going through the exact same cycle. I said no, I don't eat steaks because having a good one. He says Make my, you know, let me make you a steak. I did. He, he, it was incredible. Loved it. And so then I've, I've slowly kind of, I eat steak maybe, I don't know, once a quarter, I would say. It's
1: probably a good, it's probably a good thing not to eat it too much. It lodges right into your colon. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I eat a lot of vegetarian to kind of make up for that. So, you know, one steak, one steak a quarter. Hey, that's that's a good. Pretty good for me. That's good. What's your cut for steak? What do you like? I'm a New York strip guy. Okay, is that a bone in? I don't know what that is.
1: It can be, uh, but usually not. It's it's a it's less. It's got less fat and sinew in it. It's got a fat yeah. ring. It's the it's off the loin, so it's a strip loin. So when you look at a T bone, there's the 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 rib eye, or the no the fillet, and then the mm-hmm. the loin, the strip loin. So it's off the rib, uh, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. New, New York okay. strip, I like uh ribeye is good too filet is good but aged
0: not aged what do you you got for age
1: uh i've actually tried like a really aged steak and i was like uh, it it doesn't satisfy me the same way like that a regular just normal aged steak would um so just standard aging practices but good fat good fat marbling has to be there all that
0: i don't know if this is a food incident or not but it's it's a very kind of iconic scene at uh 1 hour 8 minutes in it's the scene where Tommy is frustrated with Spider. spider isn't <laughs> is not giving him his drink quick enough and then things kind of escalate uh where they go back and forth and then Tommy works himself up into a lather and accidentally shoots uh spider in the in the foot yeah spider so this all I'm sorry this this all was uh the catalyst for the entire shooting was the fact that Spider did not deliver Tommy's drink fast enough. Have you ever been so angry that your drink has not arrived fast enough that you would consider violence or possibly even shooting someone in the foot?
1: No, I don't think so. Not violence. Maybe a stern, mm. a stern talking to. Uh, that mm. would probably be the extent of it. I, I, maybe I, just, I like drinking, but I just don't think I like drinking that much. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Spider played by michael imperioli uh christopher from from the sopranos christopher Moltisanti. i think this was one of his first roles in hollywood um and he is a phenomenal actor uh and great in this uh, as spider kind of the stuttering you know bumbling guy and then later on when he goes you "You, tommy or whatever sorry this from the movie uh f you tommy uh, I think that that was uh, he's just he's just great in this. It's a short little bit role, but it helps sell Tommy's character well. So, uh, great scene.
0: Yeah, and in a movie full of great faces, Imperioli's got a great face. Yeah, very good face. Yeah, yeah. So we come to, in my opinion, this is my food porniest in the in the film. It's at one twenty. It's the prison meal. Yeah, this I is this. Most is what people I was, have seen this movie. Yep. Yeah, what ahead. I
1: was alluding to before, one of my favorite food scenes in any movie
0: is yeah. this scene. This is the this is the food scene that I think this is the first movie I've seen where I was like, "Whoa, this is I like what I'm seeing as far as food goes." So this I didn't know what it was. I didn't realize it was for, food porn at the time, but this was my very first experience with food porn in a movie. I remember the cutting of the garlic years later it's so visceral you see and you and you can imagine what it would taste like you know the garlic dissolves in the olive oil and they've got the meatballs veal beef pork all the cheeses and the meal is so important to them you feel it as an audience member you 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 viscerally feel the you can almost taste it i feel like it's just yeah
1: everyone has a job like mm-hmm. Like Paulie cuts the garlic so thin that it liquefies in the pan, which I don't think happens, but I'm sure. No. Nope. I've tried it. it I've never not I've never seen it happen in my life. Nope. But
0: um, but we've all tried it though. We've all oh, tried it. Oh
1: yeah, because it's awesome. With the yeah. razor blade just cutting the yeah. garlic. That's great. I mean, you should, but that's that little detail about that just shows how meticulous everyone is about the food. And about the, you know, making the sauce, how many onions you put in there. You put don't put too much onions in the sauce. I only yeah. put three little onions in there. Three onions. It's you know, and then they talk about yeah. the different meats. Because the thing is with uh with meat sauces, you can't just have one meat. You gotta have a couple different meats in there to get different varying flavors.
0: Um really? Yeah. What, what what kind of meats do you put in?
1: So and if I'm doing a meat sauce, I'll usually use just pork and beef. Uh, pork gives mm-hmm. it the fat and beef gives ground it, ground ground yeah yeah, ground okay um and i'm gonna i guess i, I can spill the beans here i was going to do it a little later but uh because i think they're doing meatballs here too right yes yeah meatballs are going to be our meal of the week so i will put a recipe in the caption below and uh, it will be for my uh, meatballs so you, you know please enjoy
0: oh, I say this every week I'm gonna make that that recipe that sounds delightful, but uh I might make that one i can't yeah. I can't guarantee it, but it's i love I love a good meatball and yeah. I know you can definitely have a good recipe for a meatball so and,
1: and with within a meatball you want to use two different kinds of meat at least just mm-hmm. to get that varying of flavor
0: yeah and and the fat level as well ah uh, but um I think that the use of the the way that that, it's, it's, again, it's put together with a montage. This one really reminded me of Jules and Jim. It seems like, because in that movie, so much, the way it's structured is like a lot of time goes by and the narration talks about extremely significant events, like an entire war happens just in a voiceover. And then the actual scene that's like a normal scene with people talking and all this, they talk about mundane things. You know what I mean? So it's strange that way, how you can have... A scene like this where it's about food, but it's really about I guess it, it, it contributes to the romanticism of the gangster life which this film is going through. Like even when we're in jail, it still looks awesome. Yeah. You know, look at this meal. Yeah. You know?
1: We don't live like anyone else in jail and we live well. And then I like it when he comes in with the bottles of you know, he comes in with the bread and the wine and he's like, Oh great, now we can eat. Because we have the, yeah. the final, they they can't have a meal without wine. It's a very yeah. Italian thing.
0: Yeah. It looked like an amazing meal. It really I, did.
1: And it looked like they had a great life in prison. <laughs> oh, ima-
0: Im- imagine a life where your entire day is focused around your meal. That sounds like paradise
1: to me. Oh, sounds good. And, you know, if, you know, I mean, prison's probably not great either way, but I think in the beginning, when he's when Henry's talking to Karen, his wife, and she's like, I don't want you to go to prison. He's like, only idiots go to prison. You only go to prison if you want to go to prison. And leading up to this point, like he him him and Karen had been kind of spreading apart a little bit. Um, He kind of wanted to go to prison. Like Paulie wanted him to go to prison.
0: Right. Do you think he subconsciously sabotaged himself to get away from his wife?
1: Yeah, I, well, I think, and also, like, Paulie and Jimmy had that conversation with him and said, you know, you got to go back. You got to go back. And he didn't want mm-hmm. to, so then, boom. Sent him down so to it's... Florida, and that whole thing went belly up. And I think they kind of, it was, you know, it could have been a bit of self-sabotage.
0: So you think this is sort of like the coyote chewing off his own leg to get out of the trap that he perceives, it, yeah. because it's a psychological trap?
1: You know, if my overthinking hat is on, yeah, Maybe. I mean, why hmm. say that before,
0: right? Interesting. Unless he was yeah. just
1: placating his wife.
0: That's a really good take. I didn't think of that, but maybe he did self-sabotage himself. I've seen that a lot. I've done that a few times. I mean, I think we've all have. Uh, yeah. It's easier to kind of sabotage than to actually fix a problem sometimes, I think. Yeah. yeah. One hour, 30 minutes in, they're planning the famous Lufthansa heist, which was the biggest heist in U.S. history at the time. And uh, one of the members of the crew is a guy named Johnny Roast Beef. Yeah. Do you?
1: Well, is I'm... there?
0: Go ahead. Sorry, Go ahead.
1: I don't know what the I. I can't figure out why his name was Johnny Roast Beef, but I love the nicknames that mobsters have. Like when they. I was gonna through. ask you,
0: how do you think this man got the nickname Johnny Rose? What what did he do? What did you do, Johnny? I, I need to know what you beef. did.
1: Or he's got like, <laughs> like I didn't. I forget what he looked like, but if he had like roast beef jowls or something, maybe. But like, yeah. I, Usually it's something funny about. You know what I mean? Like, but the mob nicknames like whispers and or like Johnny John, Two Times. Johnny Two Times. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the nicknames are fantastic in, in, in mob movies
0: well I was thinking about Johnny Roast Beef and I'm like okay I know how people get nicknames it's usually not it, it's it's usually making fun of somebody for something you know? yeah, or yeah. or you're so good at something like you know Johnny Baseball or whatever so in my mind I was hoping Johnny Roast Beef got the nickname Johnny Roast Beef because he made a really good roast just beef
1: just made a heck of a roast beef
0: it was just he's just incredible roast beef maker, and they just call him Johnny roast beef that that's the best case scenario in my mind for a guy whose nickname is is whose nickname is roast beef um uh, you, worst worst case scenario he smells like roast beef, yeah, yeah so you don't want to be that guy oh, brutal yeah,
1: or maybe he just likes roast beef. Like maybe that would be the, that would be the second goes, best. Whenever scenario. he goes yeah. to the deli, he like every day for lunch. Yeah, yeah. Or if he like he, if he's going out, he's going only going to those places that have that roast beef carving guy. Mm. You, you know the tableside roast beef. Love that guy. Now, do you you eat you don't you didn't like steak? Did you like roast beef?
0: Not a huge fan of roast beef. No, it's
1: usually a bit no. raw, right?
0: Yeah, It's just the texture. I feel like... I I like meat that's soft. And roast beef, I feel like it's a little too gamey, a little too... There can be some sinew in there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more of a texture thing.
1: At the... uh, Hot take here. Mm. At Scotiabank Arena or or Canada Centre, whatever you guys... Whatever people in Toronto want to call it. um, Best roast beef sandwiches I've ever had. Fresh shaved... Usually fairly raw, like they they're ballsy with it over there, uh shout out Scotia Bank, I think it's Cherry Street that does it there now. uh, great roast beef sandwich wish horseradish you could put a little of that on mm-hmm. i I think about it sometimes, like when I'm just home alone at night oh. i will, i will I will think about that sandwich.
0: I love that. I love when you have something so good, and then you think about it later, yeah, you know you, you think about how good it was. Yeah,
1: that's a good feeling. And it's a sports venue, so it's like why would you why would this be one of my favorites? I don't know. It just is very good.
0: Poof. So, the uh, this is probably the most important, I think use of food in the movie. Yeah. In that it's part of the day when Henry finally unravels. He's
1: getting followed. He's...
0: Yes, he's juggling so many things and he's getting followed and he's doing so much cocaine that his world is just kind of spinning out of control. He he's like a juggler and he can't keep these balls in the air. Yeah. And they make a very good point of discussing he's taken his brother home uh to visit and he's making him like a gigantic meal. And let's get into the meal. Let's just yeah. do that.
1: Yeah.
0: We got Braised because this voiceover actually says what the the meal is going to be. So it's braised beef, pork shanks, and tomato sauce, ziti with meat gravy and roasted peppers, string beans with olive oil and garlic, and some beautiful cutlets which look like veal. Yeah, and he's also making meatballs. Yeah, this looked incredible. Yeah, this I mean this an one an looked Italian incredible. Italian
1: feast. I love. Mm-hmm. I love the other recipe. I wanted to do. And I might still do it. You might get two. Who knows? um, Is a baked ziti. I love a baked ziti. Um, And uh, meatballs here. You know, you see him making the meatballs. uh, Oh, just looks like an Italian feast to me.
0: Wow. Can you imagine how soundly you would sleep after that meal with all those carbs and salt and olive oil? Oh,
1: yeah. Beautiful. You yeah, need, but you need yeah. the red wine with that meal just to kind of cut through all that
0: oh yeah, you need a little bit of that acidity for sure that that's key for that meal, absolutely. They were having veal cutlets for a an appetizer for god's sakes yeah
1: that that and that's yeah. the way that's the way the Italian, they got the primi the secondi you know all the different uh courses they eat. It's like mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Italian thanksgiving, it's insane i don't, I don't think I could make it. You know what I dude mean? You,
0: like you know you know what you just did you just you just made the next great uh, viral Netflix movie series Italian Thanksgiving yeah that's the movie
1: and it's just just everyone's different Thanksgiving
0: no it's just literally just Italians on Thanksgiving like all all the Thanksgiving tropes but the food is Italian and you got you know families family member stuff drama happening that's the movie that's the title of the movie we can work backwards from there I think
1: yep yeah. Fair enough.
0: But uh, yeah, Italian Thanksgiving coming to Netflix soon, ladies and gentlemen. We'll we'll make it.
1: We need a bunch of Italians. So if you are Italian, Mm -hmm. don't hesitate to get in touch and we'll have Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. Uh, Preferably if you have a Nona who is very good at cooking. Uh, Preference will be given to that.
1: Or if you are a Nona.
0: Nonas are a first choice.
1: Yeah. Nonas always come first.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So the food in this. So so Henry is going throughout his day. He's paranoid. He's looking at a helicopter. He thinks it's following him. It is following him. He's dealing with uh, these guns that he has to get rid of, uh, which is not going his way. He's dealing with this shipment of cocaine, which is his his mule, this this lady who he's he's sending with the cocaine. She's giving him trouble. Yeah. He's got so much going on, but no matter how much things are spinning out of control, the meal has the exact same importance has all these other things, These yeah. all these other very illegal things that he's doing.
1: Yeah. He just keeps calling, spe- stir the sauce, stir the sauce.
0: <laughs> yeah, stirring the sauce. Uh, he mentions very quickly on similar phone calls, make sure the so-and-so is stirring the sauce. Then he calls someone else. Make sure you don't use the phone at home because the cops are listening. So stirring the sauce almost as important as making sure someone doesn't do something irresponsible that would get them get them all arrested. Yeah. Well, I did mention that at uh, at the exact at uh, the 2 hour mark, that's exactly it's the same phone call. The yeah. same phone call where the sauce is uh, all the stuff I just said was the same phone call for those listening at home. So, just a great one in one phone call involving food, a great illustration of the mindset and the casualness of the lifestyle this man is leading as a gangster, but also trying to actually just still be an Italian person and have this great meal. So, how do you like that? I like it. So at 201, we actually see the meal. Looks magnificent. I think it really was built up a lot, but my God, it looked incredible. Came
1: together perfectly.
0: Now, at 207, in a very nice uh, circular element of f- food being used as a visual device and as a storytelling device, Henry, after he gets, basically, he loses all his uh, drugs in a raid, he's completely out of money, he comes to Polly hat in hand begging for forgiveness, and Polly is cooking sausages exactly the same kind of way as when we first are introduced to Polly in the, in the very beginning of the movie when Henry is a young teenager. Yeah. How do you feel about the book ending of the sausages in Henry's story from teenager to a grown felon who's about to get thrown into witness protection?
1: It's interesting because we've seen we've seen this book ending happen in movies before,
0: you know, with food, with food, with, with
1: food. Yeah, we've seen it with mm-hmm. food. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing in films that people do is using food as maybe a a, a mnemonic device almost to. Help us remember yes. that scene where, you know, Polly took him in versus Polly turning him out. Or not turning him out. Yes. Like, turning him no. away. <laughs> turning him yeah. away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man. I think just probably the best use of food as storytelling in the movie was that book ending. What what are your thoughts on that? Or do yeah. you think otherwise?
1: Uh, that or the prison scene, you know. I think the prison oh, also scene. Also good. Also the good. Prison yeah. scene served a really good purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Of telling you exactly what you said before. These guys live so large that even when they're in a situation where you can't live large, they're living large, right? Yeah. So, which I think is also important. But um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Great. Greatly. A great. Um food writing exercise with the uh, book ending of the sausages shout out to whoever wrote the scorsese and his co.
1: Uh, yeah yeah it, it was a it was a mob writer it was like puzo and uh what's the other the
0: coppola. Uh, coppola scorsese, yeah, it was the had, author. scorsese yeah.
1: had his own puzo there um, yeah
0: the the author of the book helped him co-write the script so shout out to both of them and uh the last food moment in the film which i thought was telling as a great character moment for henry But 219, he is now in witness protection. He has sold out all his friends. He is alone in this world now, cast out by himself and his family. And he complains that when he orders spaghetti with marinara sauce, he got egg noodles and ketchup. Yeah. Like, we're supposed to feel sorry for this guy. But also, just a great use of food to communicate frustration and just explain what this man's life has used to be and is now. Yeah. How low he has fallen based on food. The real, you know what I mean? Like, I used to do this, now I'm doing this, look how low I have fallen.
1: Even in prison, he was eating better than
0: now. So this is actually worse than prison, possibly, for him.
1: Yeah, it's a fate worse than prison for him. He didn't want to be here, uh, but he just couldn't help himself. He shot himself in the foot.
0: I do feel sorry for him a little bit. I must say, Ray, L- Ray is so charismatic that I, even though he's a bad guy, I did feel sorry for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. this, this movie was kind of an anti-hero, right? it's it's mm-hmm. that it's that rise of the anti-hero um which you love to you love to watch him succeed and you also love to watch him fail like it it really it really culminated that way beautifully so i think and and i think to your point the book ending with the sausage was a really nice device and then finishing with the crappy food where he's getting getting ketchup you know it's sad it
0: is sad anyway Now that we've gone through the chronology of the food in the movie, we're going to give out our food awards for the movie. So first award is, which character would you like to have dinner with? Uh, Jared, do you want some time to think about it? Or should you have an idea? You go first. I got to say, it's it's very, very close between Tommy, Joe Pesci's character, and Karen, Lorraine Bracco's character. Tommy, I think, would be an amazing guy to party with you know go to a restaurant like we're going to hit on waitresses like something cool is going to happen but the problem is someone could die at any moment with Tommy you yeah. know so if a wait, if a waiter talks to this guy the wrong way someone could die so i'm not too thrilled with the danger element even though i like Tommy i think his personality would be great to have dinner with and just to hang around except for the 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 murdering I just I, that really bothers me but with the uh, Karen I just think she's just an incredible lady, man. You can just ferociously intelligent, gorgeous, you know, tough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She, I I would love to go on a date with uh, with Karen Ray Liotta's wife. So I'm gonna go Karen just for for that reason. Like,
1: and you're turning it into a date.
0: One hundred percent a date. Okay. But here's the thing: I would I would suss out the vibe first to see where she's at. And then I would decide whether or not it's a date or not. If, if it, I would just love to have dinner with her just as friends, honestly. Um, you know, Date would be number one, friends number two.
1: Yeah, you I mean, do what you got to do. You got to take what you can get, right? Um, you can get
0: sometimes. She's Lorraine Bracco, for God's sake. She's Karen.
1: It's tough for me because I, like like you, I, I gravitate towards Tommy, but I also would like to make it through the dinner. Um, mm, yeah. I So I'm going to go with Paul Sorvino. Polly. I feel like that would be first of all the dinner. Hey, Polly doesn't talk, dude. The level of dinner would be beautiful. Like the yes. quality of the meal would be beautiful. Uh, cuz Polly likes his food. We would definitely oh, yeah. be having sausage and peppers cuz Polly seems to enjoy that. And uh you know, he just he's it wouldn't be yeah, he you're right, he doesn't talk. I don't need too much conversation. I want to eat and I want to eat well. And I want to eat with the most powerful guy in
0: Brooklyn. So you just want to kind of like eat the food and just be around his energy. Take just to it, kind take, of feel the man's energy. Take it all in. That's actually, yeah, that is pretty valuable. Like just what I, I do feel when you're around someone, you can kind of, even if you're not saying anything, just from their yeah their, their their demeanor, you can really learn a lot.
1: Yeah, just to, you know, he's pouring, he's pouring, you know, try to take some of this wine, it's beautiful. You know, and mm. just like, oh, you know, it'd be great.
0: Would you like him to at some point give you the little slap on the face? Absolutely. That he always gives Henry? Yeah? yeah? yeah. Just that, Okay.
1: The, that that like fatherly, yeah, I, oh, of course. I, I'd be there for that.
0: Oh, I kind of want it too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I do kind of want it. Ah, God bless. Pa- hey, RIP Paul Servino. Yeah. God bless that man. Great actor. A
1: yeah. uh, lot of great, a lot of great actors in this. Uh you know, I didn't cover everyone from The Sopranos. We didn't get into every scene, but there's way more. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Any other any okay. other food things we need yeah.
0: to do? Yeah. So, second uh, film award is, what is the best use of food in the movie?
1: I think I've already said mine.
0: You, you think the prison? Yeah, meal? the
1: prison meal is just, by far, the it's the most satisfying to me.
0: Here's the, the thing. The I got garlic
1: cutting specifically.
0: I I got to divide. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two awards for this one. I'm gonna go the 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 most enjoyable use of food, prison garlic cutting. Okay. The best use of food, though, I'm gonna go with the book ending of the sausages uh, to to end Paul, to begin and end Paul and Henry's relationships
1: and I, you know, relationship merchandising opportunity for us. We create mm-hmm. bookends made that look like sausages.
0: I'll get on Alibaba and get a source, uh, by the yeah. end of the week. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. So hopefully, Parting we can thoughts.
1: Have, hopefully we can have sausage bookends
0: mm-hmm.
1: out to our viewers as soon as possible. Paul's on it.
0: Yeah. And as always, uh, sausages that curve to the left are much better than sausages that curve to the right. That's you just want a proven fact. Dog leg left. Well, they're just better. They're just frankly, they're better. They're better. Um, closing thoughts on, uh, on Goodfellas chair.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, what more can you say about it? It's just iconic. It's just an iconic film. Um, it's almost hard. Oh, oh,
0: we got to do rating. Sorry. We got to do ratings. We got to do ratings. We got to rate it as a food movie and rate it as a regular movie. Okay. So we'll cut. And we also have to, we have to decide what the food movie like rating system is. So go ahead.
1: Oh yeah. What did we, Oh, so food movie rating. Yeah as a food movie I'll we we
0: can, we can do we can do a new food every week if you want to yeah, as far as I'll like gi- you know it. what i mean i
1: have got to give this one let's go out of 10 uh 10 being great 1 being
0: poo poo no 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 we got to do 5 we're not do oh. we're not doing oh, yeah, middle you, grounds oh yeah
1: yeah yeah right you like it very yeah 5 yeah we're we're not, we're not
0: we, don't, we don't we don't fence it on this podcast it's it's a rating out of 5 there's no half stars or whatever's It's either a two or a three, either recommend or don't recommend, or stop wasting my time.
1: All right. I will give this a, you know what, for me, this is actually a perfect five out of five Brajoles. Whoa. Yeah.
0: For food or just for food or movie? For food. For food. And for movie also, I assume
1: five. Well, I'm not going to be rating in Brajoles for movie, right? Or am I? No. Well, whatever you want. A movie, it's a four. Oh. Yeah, it's not, it's going to be hard to give a, a four is very good in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I felt much, str- not much stronger, but stronger than Jar on this. I'm going to go um, five roasted peppers as nice. a food movie and five paper thin slices of garlic <laughs> as a regular movie. All right. Um, I just think the food, the use of food was just masterful magnificent and as a film itself also masterful and magnificent i i it's at least tied or above every other movie out there i would say or at, at there's no other movie that's above this in class i will say that much as far as you know what i mean bold yet yeah there's, there's, there's no league that this movie is not out of it's not
1: what I'm it's not your favorite mob movie
0: that's correct interesting that's great. Well, the mob movie genre, ever since The Godfather, I mean, you got you got Coppola and you got Scorsese, who are two of the best who ever titans. done it and making They're mob movies. Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Until some, I guess, other the, until Stanley Kubrick makes a mob. Did Stanley Kubrick make a mob movie? Oh, he made The Killing.
1: Yeah. But. And okay. then what was you? What was that Cohen brothers movie? You said.
0: Oh, Miller's Crossing. Miller's yeah. Crossing. Yeah. 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 By the way, shout out to to the Cohen brothers, who are not known for making gangster no, they movies. they make great, one of the best gangster they movies make, ever.
1: They make good movies, so that's what they do, right?
0: Yeah, Miller's Crossing. Which Miller's? We should do Miller's Crossing. I hope there's food. In I Miller's know. Crossing I want like I, like
1: movie. like we were talking earlier. Next movie, I want to do a Cohen brothers movie, but maybe maybe two mob movies in a row is a bit much. Um,
0: yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but Do we know what we're doing next movie? We uh, hadn't, we hadn't no, sure. decided.
1: We hadn't decided. Why don't you, why don't you just call it? I'll go with whatever you want.
0: <sighs> okay, we're calling it. We're calling it. We are call- Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Yep. Done. I love it. We're going there. All right. This has been the Food and Movies podcast. Finally, final thoughts on uh, final thoughts by <laughs> Jer. Oh, for me?
1: Uh, yeah, final thoughts from you. We 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 cut short on final thoughts just to do the ratings.
0: Right, right. Final thoughts uh, for me is that uh, as the podcast will uh, go forward and we will get more and more famous and rich and more obnoxious, I assume, with all those things. Yeah. You will realize that I'm a very big fan of French New Wave movies. And the fact that this movie borrowed heavily, I think in a good way, from French New Wave, particularly Jules and Jim, which is one of my top five movies of all time, I just loved it for that reason. Uh, that that was an extra layer of me loving it. It's a great movie on its own, but that kind of, um, it's, its DNA in film history, being a cousin of French New Wave, really took it over the edge for me as far as me being a grown person understanding that now. So... My view of it as, as someone who has grown as a, fr- as a film lover, as a person, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to mention that part of it, the French New Wave DNA of this movie that everyone should check out. Also, everyone should check out the movie American Boy. It's a documentary Scorsese made uh, before he was famous. And it's, it's about, it's literally an interview with this junkie that Scorsese knows who was just an incredible character, just a character of a human being. But in the movie, American Boy, that junkie tells a story of uh, the scene in Pulp Fiction where they have to revive Uma Thurman with a needle was taken from a story from that documentary. So again, you see how artists talk to each other through their arts. Tarantino clearly saw that documentary, Mm -hmm. worked it into his movie Pulp Fiction, and it's just an amazing kind of... Unofficial collaboration, I guess, with Scorsese and Tarantino. So I would recommend that as far as Scorsese goes. But also lesser known in American Boy is in the very beginning of the movie, when uh, the dude comes in, the junkie comes in, he wrestles with the guy who answers the door like two kids. He wrestles them for a good two, three minutes. And I think Tarantino also saw that and incorporated that into Reservoir Dogs, when Vic Vega wrestles with uh, um, Chris Penn's character when he gets out of jail, and they meet him in the office. So that is another subtle collaboration with Scorsese that people, a lot of people, don't know about. So I'm just going to throw that out there as a little extra added value to the fans at home. Excellent. All two and a half of you watching it or listening at home, we uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else for you, Jeff?
1: No, just saying that this is one of the, you know, if you want to see a movie that showcases Italian food to the nines, this is, you know, Goodfellas is the one for you.
0: Absolutely. Um, This is also, one, one last thing, great food gangster watch as a pairing with The Godfather, which is also very food porny and about the Italian food. So with that said, this has been the Food Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. That's my friend, Jeremy. And we will see you next time where we will be breaking down. I ran out of breath there. Where we, we will be breaking down the seminal rom-com uh, 70s movie from Disgraced uh, director Woody Allen. It's still a magn- magnificent movie, even though uh, the man has been disgraced. But uh, we're going there. We're going to get into it. And uh, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Peace.